Shalom and good afternoon to everybody, both online basically here. Let me just weigh in on a question that was asked by the Sudanese um, participants. Yeah. It's good to actually get other degrees or other certification in terms of human resource or even international relations. But it's very important to also form networks. Very, very important. Remember, you cannot do everything. You cannot be master of all. So you need to be master of something. Let another person be master of something and then you can then synergize. It's always better. I have a colleague here. He's in international relations. He's not a scientist. Whatever we say, he understands it because we've been able to actually carry on a certain message. He's also able to carry on a certain message to us. So it's always important that we, we have this collaboration. Now, I've been given a very tough um, topic, the role of nuclear power in improving Africa's economic growth post-COVID-19. I, I don't know if the presentation is ready. Can we, can we have the presentation? I think that they are trying to upload it. I, I will just go on. Currently, um, Africa is doing about 1.3 billion in terms of population. Currently, one of my mentors, Dr. Abu Bako, says there is a U-Bow. So, you have a dense population of Africa being you in the region of 20 years. Can you believe this? I'm still waiting for the presentation, but I want to show you something in relation to other continents. Now, the median age is about 20, that's about 19.7, about 43% are in urban areas. The rest are in rural areas. Now, when you consider Asia, the median age is around 32 years. Africa is 20, as I've already indicated. Europe is 42. Yes, we are talking about median age. Really, really when you look at Latin is, and, um, and the Caribbean, we look at Northern, the North America, we are looking at, looking at 39 years. And you have Oceania around three years. Actually, see that Africa's population is very young. And we usually say something. They double find something for the idle hands right so if we don't find something for the population to actually do they will find something for themselves to do and usually it's not a good thing now how do we help the youth to actually get this how do we help ourselves as a continent there is a correlation between gdp and electricity consumption the gross domestic domestic product that is used to actually weigh a country whether it's prosperous or not is closely linked to how much electricity is consumed electricity is actually the backbone of every economy or every modern economy so for example the biggest economy in africa or in sub-saharan africa is nigeria right what is the installed capacity and what is the electricity consumption in nigeria the installed capacity in nigeria is less than five thousand megawatts the installed capacity in korea okay let's Let's do Ghana. The installed capacity of Ghana is about 5,000 megawatts. Okay, just about 5,000 megawatts. Our GDP is between 60 billion plus. Can anybody guess the installed capacity in South Korea? So let's just take their nuclear reactors just for, let's say they only use nuclear reactors. That's what I'm saying, but let's just make that assumption. If they have a 1,000 megawatt nuclear reactor and they have 20 of them, they have more than 20. They have 20 of them. How much capacity do they have? They have 20,000 megawatts. Their current GDP, per capita and at the gdp per capita whatever is produced within the country when we share the profit within the country each person in ghana is getting around three thousand 
$26,000. When you go to South Korea, it's over $26,000. I just want to bring your mind to something that's very important, that without the right consumption of electricity, Africa is going nowhere. It's called the dark continent, not because of our color. It's called the dark continent because we are energy poor. It's not because we don't have the resources. It's because we have chosen. And I'm, I think I should have actually apologized if I affect your sensitivity today. We have chosen to stay as we are. We shouldn't be. I have a very nice graph for you to see. Are we still trying to upload? Because I would like to actually engage the participants now. I have a graph here which shows the GDP growth of the four economic blocks of Africa. Four economic blocks of Africa. When you take currently 2019 data, Eastern Africa is doing around 400 billion GDP. That, that's big, right? <laughs> you have the Southern Africa doing, let's say about the same 400. You have Western Africa and Northern Africa doing something cumulative of about $700 billion. Now, when you take all this into consideration, the Southern Africa, the Northern Africa, the Eastern, the Western Africa economic block, guess how much in terms of share of the world population, of the world economy that we have is 4.88%. I just wanted it to sink in for a while. I can see people shaking their head. You see, you sit in your country, we sit in our small corners and think we are making impact. We are not. It's a drop in the ocean. 1.3 billion people. It's estimated that by 2050, we will hit more than 2 billion. And you wonder how we got here. What actually happened? I've told you, we chose to be how we are. Unfortunately, we are not getting the presentation because we have mapped out the resource profile in Africa. You will be shocked. There, is, there are large amounts of energy that can be transformed into electricity in Africa. The Inca project in DRC can generate 60,000 megawatts of electricity via hydro. Ask me, why haven't we developed it? We will say, oh, we don't have the money. That is why the Africa Union is there. It is not there as just an organization. That is how come you are here. We need to actually pressurize them. Help these countries develop that capacity to generate the power and also transmit the power. What stops the African Union dedicating about $4 billion? Say we want to put into this Inca project. It has the potential to change the central, central part of Africa. Trust me, bees don't go to places that don't have flowers, that don't have the nectar. Bees go to places that have flowers with nectar. The investor will not come, no matter how stable your country is. Still, you have stable and cheap power. It will not come. You can talk to the investors all more than I do. Maybe you can prove me wrong. Show me a single country around the world that has developed with renewables. A single country. We need dense power. I will show you something as we call on. Sorry if I, I'm affecting your sensitivities today, but till we get angry as youth and put pressure on our leaders, we are going nowhere. We say we are the future. What future are we creating for ourselves? What future are the leaders creating for us? Africa is rich in oil, natural gas. Unfortunately, we are not getting this feed. Approximately 30% of the 
Earth's remaining resources, natural resources, are found in Africa. Let me mention that again. 30% are found the natural resource, gold, boxer, diamond, lithium, found in Africa, 30%, one continent. That's more than one-fourth of the wealth resources are found in Africa. The region is home to about 30 oil-producing countries in the world. Why can't we make suggestions to the oil price? 30. How many countries do we have in Africa? 54, right? 30 of them are oil-producing countries. We have bauxite. We have gold. We have all the minerals. I recently heard there's a new um, gem called the Tanzanite. It's found only in Tanzania. It's, it's, it values more than gold. It values more than diamond. All these are here. Diamond, Havangola, of uranium. Fuel that we use in generating electricity using nuclear power plants. They don't even have a single power plant. But they mine uranium. You see, we've been trained by our colonial masters to be producers of raw materials. We have actually forgotten about adding value to whatever we are producing. Value addition. I'll get it. Gold, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Djibouti, Mali, South Africa. Biggest gold mine, Tanzania. Nickel, uranium, Burundi. We have Niger, uranium. Pozolana, Cape Verde. We have timber, Liberia. We have titanium in the Gambia. Graphite in Madagascar. Tobacco in Malawi. Iron ore, one of the biggest deposits. It's in Mauritius. We have iron ore deposits in this country. Aluminium, gas, copper. In Zambia, one of the biggest copper mines. It's in Zambia. But all we need we do is we just mine the ore and export. Why do we export? We don't actually have the power or the electricity to turn this ore into something valuable. So all we do is mine it, push it out. Mine it, push it out. And that's what we've been doing. From the time of independence or from the time of colonization to the time of independence till now, we still mine our ores and send it out. Why? We don't have dense energy. And a country stands up and say, you have a lot of sun energy. So use solar energy. It's good. I'm not saying solar energy is not good. I'm not saying wind energy is not good. But if the wind decides by itself not to blow, what do I do? What do I use? If the sun decides not to shine, what do I do? I need dense energy to process whatever I'm picking from the land. We have a lot of gas, as I told you. We have our 246 gas power plants in operation, our 417 hydropower plants, coal plants, 47 nuclear power plants. How many? Only two in South Africa. Not Southern Africa as a block. Two in South Africa as a country. You have France operating 70% of their nuclear, of their power fleet as nuclear power plants. Let's just move on. The issue of value addition. Without the necessary energy, you cannot add value. Are we still up or still trying to get the presentation up? We need that energy to be able to actually add value to part of what we have. I will just use steel as an example. Steel as an example. You no, know, steel is, a, is, is all. You mine it like you mine gold, right? It's one of the most versatile materials in our modern age. One of the most versatile materials. You wonder why we don't have rail lines here? Because we mine the ore from Africa and we take the ore elsewhere. 
they produce the real lines and send it to us and buy at a much greater cost than what we might. I'm telling you everything about value addition. And it's very important. Value addition is that you going to school and you getting the right degrees, getting the right training. Else, you are nothing. Virtually everything contains you. Things, trains, the train tracks, buildings. Now, the fastest building technologies don't use blocks. We just mount blocks. No, they use steel as the structure. And I'm very sure everybody has sat in a car before. Steel, aircrafts, spacecrafts. So even transporting electricity still plays a big role in there. So the importance of resource valuation. And this is the bane or has been the bane of Africa. Values here. Let me just quickly go through. When you mine an iron ore per kilogram is 0.1225 dollars per kilogram please listen carefully when you mine iron ore current price as i checked yesterday night is 0.1225 dollars per kilogram now add value to it what we call a hot road coil is carbon steel okay that value jumps to 1.892 per kilogram when you have a cold roll that value now jumps to 2.178 dollars per kilogram let me make you angry further when i'm able to transform it into stainless steel the price jumps to 4.048 per kilogram so imagine you mine the ore at 0.1225 and then we bring you stainless steel at 4.048 but if you have that dense energy that we are talking about you will have an industry that will process this i'm not saying that we should process everything in africa it's almost impossible you need other continents to actually work with but we have the opportunity as a continent to change ourselves to make an impact in the world now in terms of energy that is needed for if you need to melt the steel you need about 13 to 14 gigajoules per ton. Liquid steel, you need to have about 10 to 11 gigajoules per ton. So ask yourself, when they tell us that we have enough sun, so we don't need nuclear, ask so how many iron steel factories, how many bauxite smelting factories can work on a renewable? So the demand of electricity will continue to grow in Africa. We have the resources. I think we have Almost everything that we need. When God created the world, I'm very sure Africa was the Garden of Eden. Now, nuclear power has that potential to change how people look at Africa and how we actually see Africa. We've already said, currently, it's only South Africa. The Egyptians have seen the way. They've signed for four power plants to be built at $25 billion contract. One third of all countries actually looking at nuclear are in Africa now. So you have Ghana, Kenya, Morocco, Niger. You have Nigeria, Sudan. I've already engaged the International Atomic Energy Agency. How do we go from here? Algeria, Tunisia, Uganda, Zambia are also considering the possibility. So we say nuclear power is uniquely placed to actually support our industrialization agenda. The agenda, the 2063, without energy or without reliable energy. Good, we have representation. Without reliable energy, the agenda 
it's not coming on. We can we can write all the good English. We are very good at English writing. Very, very good. We write the best policies in the world. It's not operational. Why? Because we don't have that energy to back that up. Can you please go? Just keep going till you get to nuclear as a catalyst to economic growth. So why do we actually need nuclear? Because it's reliable. It's the only or one of the highest operation operating plants that operates at a capacity factor of more than 90 percent when you say capacity factor of more than 90 percent it tells you that within the year it operates 90 percent of the time let's go another another one get to a place where you can nuclear as a catalyst for economic growth okay 90 percent of the time it operates it provides decent job let me tell you a secret nuclear is the highest paying jobs around the world nuclear jobs so if the world is actually serious about just transition where you are not actually putting somebody down in terms of their jobs you should look at nuclear experience in terms of safety human health and environment one of the only power plants that operates with emission of greenhouse gases so in terms of cost nuclear is com considered one of the affordable sources of electricity now you have this in France, nuclear is very competitive against gas, wind, and then even solar. In Korea, again, so you have Korea as the second one. And just look at nuclear, the cost, the realized cost of electricity. Look at the United Kingdom and look even at the United States. You will have this slight thing at the United States because of regulatory issue. They have a very strong regulator. In terms of fuel cost, nuclear is one of the lowest in the world. One of the lowest in the world so i usually want to just keep this forever if i had the opportunity one gram of nuclear fuel is equivalent to three tons of coal and is equivalent to two tons of oil that should tell you what one gram of uranium can do you will need three tons of coal to do it so if we say we have a thousand megawatt plant and it's operating within a year, we need only 26 tons of nuclear power, nuclear fuel to do that. Whilst for LNG, liquefied natural gas, we need 1.1 metric ton. For oil, we need 1.5 metric tons. And for um, coal, we need 2.2. So that just gives you an idea in terms of size and in terms of power. In terms of human resource, for a thousand megawatt power plant, just the building, you need between 3,000 to 4,000 people on site at a point in time. You need between 700 to 1,000 people to operate a thousand megawatt plant. And for newcomer countries, we always say one megawatt is equivalent to one person. And it's not just nuclear engineers we are talking about here. We are talking about civil engineer, engineers. We are talking about mechanical engineers. These people are already available. In our countries, I'm very sure some of them are, may not even have found work yet. This space is waiting for them. In terms of labor requirements, um, we have something. Um, um, so when you, you look at it, you see it's not just engineers we are talking about, craftsmen. And this is one area that we will have to look at critically as a country or even as a continent. You send your car to the mechanic workshop, you come back with two more problems. Your dress is sewn today with pattern. Tomorrow, the patterns are out because people are in a hurry to get out of training. We need a certain level of certification for artisans. So just to have an idea what we are, what's awaiting us out there.
Please look at steel. If we say we are building a thousand megawatt plant, we need 50,000 tons of steel. We need aggregate, we need cement, we need piping, we need cables. Tell me if Africa is really trading amongst itself, we are not going to import anything outside this continent. Everything that we need to build a nuclear power plant is on this continent. So I just put some few things down for engineering companies, some of the things that can be done. And we have most of these companies are all over Africa. We talk about civil construction. We have the various people. We talk about services for the nuclear power project. We have various cooperation and maintenance companies. We have various companies and even technical support organizations. We have various companies. But as a takeaway, please go to the last slide. As a takeaway, when you have time, can you go through this? When you have some time, can you go through this? There are various things that we can do as a continent and we can do this together. And I'm very glad for the African Continental Free Trade uh, Agreement being established, even the headquarters being in Ghana. The last slide, please. The last slide is very important. And I think if you don't get anything, you've gone beyond the last slide. If you don't get anything, please get it. Please get this. It's a quote by Robert Bryce. Robert Bryce was an extreme green campaigner till he found the facts about nuclear. And this is what Robert Bryce said in his book called Power Hungry 2010. Electricity is the commodity that separates the developed country from the rest. Countries that can provide cheap, clean, and reliable power to their citizens can grow their economies and not just that, but even go ahead and create wealth. Those who can't, can't. Thank you very much. God bless. We have time, so I'd want to know if you have a question so that we can fit all of it in. We have just one hand up in the auditorium. All right, so please, you can go ahead. Good day, my name is Queen Mashangu from South Africa. I just want to appreciate um, your presentation, sir. It was well thought through. Um, two things stood out for me. It's the questions that you asked. Which countries are using renewables as their base load? And how much electricity are we going to need to actually produce steel using renewables? This has actually taught me on how to communicate with other people because as um, nuclear professionals, we're so focused on um, technicalities, things that the public might not understand. But your simplification of the simplification of your presentation actually got through to me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, any other question, please? All right, then I take it that we still have to take everything Dr. Deborah has shared with us. In. It's really thought-provoking, so we'll have to think through everything he said. We'll need to sit and digest all of it. We'd want to move on to our next session. Um, our speaker would be Dr. Ike Newton-Aqua.